This is your city. This is your city wants to know. We want to know the background, the heartbeat of what makes up our beautiful cities. We dig into the backstories from the struggles to the successes of our local entrepreneurs, small business owners, artists, not-for-profit organizations, and the many, many people who make up the intricate tapestry of our communities. Real people, real stories, by you and for you. But wait, that's not it. One missing child is one too many. If you go on the global missing children statistics, you kind of be hard pressed to find cold hard facts on numbers. There's a few reasons for that, but one of the reasons is globally, there's a lack of a common definition for what a missing child is. What I have discovered through some of my research is that the US and the UK yearly have the highest number of missing children. My guest today is, this is his passion. This is what he breathes. He is an international child abduction recovery expert. And he's also being dubbed the real life taken. If you guys have ever seen the movie with Leah, uh, what's his name, Liam Neeson? He's a former government operative whose daughter and friend were abducted, abducted by sex slavers. And he has to take everything that he's ever learned while he was in the black ops to go and rescue her. And that's what my, desk, my guest today, Jay Jordan, that's what he does. He goes on high risk, even putting his life in danger to undercover missions to rescue kidnapped, abducted and stolen children. Jay Jordan. Welcome to the show. And today, Jay, I just want to say how excited I am to have you as a guest. This is real life stuff. This is stuff that we only see in the movies like Taken. So you're kind of like a real life superhero. <laughs> how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, Jay, how do you like being called gun for hire or, you know, a superhero? Uh, I mean, uh, superhero, it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> uh, definitely nowhere near on those lengths. But um, I mean, Gun for Hire, it's been around for a long, long time. And they used to call it us when we was contracting out in Iraq and Afghanistan anyway, because I've worked over there for 17 years. So uh, it, it, it's quite a normal thing. It's just an old term for a new job, basically. Right. Well, yeah. you don't like to be called a hero because no humble person really does like to have that title, even though we, would like to put it on people such as yourself that just shows how humble you are if you won't accept that title i, but, I definitely feel the compliments <laughs> <laughs> but you are you are you go and rescue pe rescue children like i mentioned already kidnapped abducted stolen you know you, you go into terrorists domain and like i said life or death missions you put yourself on that line all the time but it's not just terrorist place you go to right you rescue children who have been abducted from their own parents and isn't yeah. that what you kind of specialize in yeah so when, when it comes to actually missing children and kidnapped children um there is a, a large majority which are parental abductions um under the international um under the hague convention there's a there's a treaty on international child abduction on international parental abduction mm -hmm. um which makes it an international crime to actually take your child from one country to another country without permissions um, and with no intention to bring it back. So yeah, we, we deal with, we deal a lot with parents, but outside of that, 
we do deal with runaway children and there's children that have been groomed into um into county lines gangs drugs gangs to smuggle drugs um, and they get groomed from a very young age like 11 years old onwards um and then there's obviously um online grooming um young girls uh, in particular they get uh groomed online to actually leave their homes and run away from their homes to be with their groomers um and then you've just got general runaways that want to prove a point to their parents and stuff like this right at the moment that's that's the prime sort of cases that we're taking on the more that we grow obviously we're going to be moving on to the more cases that we're able to take on the more reasons of why those cases came about in the first place so that's when it's going to move into a lot more into the sex trafficking side which takes it into organized crime levels and and all of this and it, it's coming because it's already coming with these gangs and county lines and that's a new thing for us yeah it's very common and I want to get into your book. And one of the reasons I want to get into your book right away is because it's it's actually true. And it's going to answer so many questions, what yeah. I have for you, for what you do. And, you know, as I said, people are hailing you as a hero, as their lifeline. And I was writing this and I'm like, you're an angel in the shadows. And that is exactly the title of your book, Angel in the Shadows. But before we get to the book, which I want to get to, I just want to ask a few questions. So you mentioned Afghanistan and places like that. So you're, you're trained, you're trained. Let's just talk about your training just for a sec so people can actually understand how you are able to go across enemy, enemy lines. Yeah, so um, I joined the military when I was 16 years old. Um, from the age of nine years old, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I don't know why, but I just knew it was. Um, when I was 22 years old, I got out of the military and, uh, and I started contracting out in Iraq as a private military contractor. Um, I spent five years out there. Then I went out to West Africa. Um, I was in Guinea-Bissau when the presidential elections were on, which was pretty brutal because they were assassinating presidential candidates. Um, I did some maritime security. I worked on the Prince of Abu Dhabi's yacht, providing security for him down in the Gulf of Aden. And then I, I went over to Afghanistan. And I spent pretty much 11 years in Afghanistan. Wow. Wow. So you know that territory quite well. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I've always prided myself in is that I'm very good at seeing the patterns and seeing the systems and then working out the systems in themselves. Um, I'm able to take something and then create something better. I can tear it apart and, and then create a better system out of it. This is exactly what I did in the child recovery industry when I came into it. I was able to do that from my experiences in Iraq and Afghanistan because... When you're over there, you're working in small teams, you've got to think on your feet very quickly. Um, mm. Sometimes you're working alone with a client in an isolated area, so you have to know every single thing that there is. Um, the way that these terrorist organizations work, you get inside their heads and you're able to start thinking like they would. And that's how we're able to develop our counter plans. This helps massively in child recovery because you're able to see what people are. There's a, there's a, there's a large element of knowing the psychological profiles of people in themselves and how they're going to behave. Um, and that's something you're able to develop whilst you're in, out in these locations, these hostile locations. Uh, well, I just want to say right off the bat, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you so much for what you do. We we need people like you, so thank you. And I'm not not just talking about the child recovery, but what you've done in the military. Thank no, thank you. you. Thank you. For my listeners, I just want to let you know, Angels in the Shadow is the true story book. It's the true life story of Jay Jordan's introduction to the world of international child recovery. And because it's so real life and it's so true, I want Jay to talk about that. I wouldn't do it justice whatsoever. So 
Jay, I want you to start talking about the, the book and, and why this inspired you to write the book. So, but let's get into the book of International Child Recovery. Explain it to us, Angels in the Shadow. <laughs> so um, it was back in 2012, I was working in Afghanistan and I knew a guy that was working in child recovery. I didn't really know anything there was to know about the industry. Um, I was contracting out in, in Afghanistan. I was very happy with it, but it's like the universe came together because I received an injury and I got sent home from work at the time. At the same time that my friend was asking for me to go over to Lebanon to give him fresh eyes on a case that he was working on. So I did. I went over there. Um, I mean, this is definitely going to be a long story short because I'm not going to give too many details away because I want you to read the book. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But the basic concept is, is that I went over there, I gave him fresh eyes on. Um, within a, a seven day period of being over there, um, we encountered um, so much, uh, we had to do so much counter surveillance because we were being watched. We got chased out of town at gunpoint, a vehicle came in and blocked us in and four guys jumped out with weapons. Um, and the, 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 the grandfather that was involved in the case as well, he was being followed. Mother and child were being held against their will in a town that's controlled by Hezbollah. And the whole concept of what we had to do was try to figure out a way to get them out of there. I went in, gave my fresh, fresh, fresh eyes on. I gave my opinion and then I walked away thinking nothing of it. But that seven days in itself showed me a completely different element of the world that I'd never even seen or heard of before. Mm. Um, and it, it was definitely very interesting. So I walked away, I went back home, um, obviously with a plan to heal and then go back to Afghanistan. But the guy that was working the case he decided to quit about a month later and he, the boss of his company, the owner of his company that he was working for came to me and asked me if I could do it. In general, I had no, I had no intentions of getting into child recovery. I was quite happy with where I was, but the more that me and Mrs. spoke about it, when we sat down, it, the, the question kept popping up, who else is going to do it? Because there was no one else that was able to go into that situation and be able to do it, considering that they had a guy that knows everything there is to know about child recovery just quit the case because he couldn't do it. So I thought, all right, well, I've managed to survive in Iraq and Afghanistan for the last <laughs> many years. I may as well give it a shot. So uh, so I did. And I went over there and uh, and then I had to develop a plan. Um, it's the story in itself. It's full of so many twists and turns. Um, there's elements of car chases, there's elements of being followed, there's um, the reactions of what I had to do to be able to get out of situations which could have ended up in very dangerous situations. There's connections between the Lebanese Mafia, uh, myself, the Cyprus Mafia, um, and the way that they come into the story, you wouldn't even think of it. Um, and, uh, and then obviously there's a high profile extraction um, out of Lebanon. It's it, for an introduction into an industry that I became an expert in over the last nine years, um, it, it was definitely an interesting way to start. <laughs> yes. And you know the territory, so you would be perfect for that. Yeah. But you obviously developed a passion for that. You obviously, it's not just a job because you're still doing it. Right. Definitely not. Pardon? Definitely not just a job, without a doubt. Um, every case that I take on, I imagine it's my own children. Um, I, I question myself what I would do. And um, this is probably where the elements of, uh, it, it probably comes out in interviews quite well. And um, the things that I would do is definitely outside of the norm of what the majority of people would do, because I would go to those extreme elements. Um, it's- But you I, can, you can go to extreme elements. And here's the thing. 
this is why people reach out to you. They can't, yeah. I can't say if something happened to my child, you know, whether it was a parent who abducted my child and took them over to a foreign country or people are from Lebanon and I can't, I don't have those skills, the resources. So you are the people we would reach out to. On that note, I just want to backtrack just for a second. When you do go to these places like Iraq, Lebanon, all these places, do you find it's typically the mother or the father who's bringing them over, over the borderlines? It's definitely a 50-50. What I have found in um, the uh, Middle East and Asian countries, a lot of the time it is the fathers, especially when you're going into the Middle Eastern areas, because then they have Sharia law on their sides, etc. But overall, um, when it comes to the majority of cases, it's a 50-50 split between them both, without a doubt. But you don't just go over to those those places, correct? Like you do it within the UK, you, you can go to other countries, like you were saying. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter where it is in the world. The only problem that we've got at the moment is if we was to work inside the United States because we can't do cross-county, um, as in cross-state um, abductions due to the fact that we're not registered over in, in America. Outside of that, we're pretty much able to operate in any country. We do a lot of Western countries, a lot of civilized countries. Um, even the UK itself, I take on... Uh, um, a lot of free cases in the UK. Um, and that's where we're building up our reputation within the UK. Well, the UK has one of the highest numbers of abducted children. If you go on to the missing children statistics, the UK has one of the highest. And I believe from some of the reading that I was doing is because a lot of people from different countries, different places in the world end up coming to the UK and they can easily get lost in the UK. And there's a lot of mafia believe it yeah. or not. People don't even realize how much mafia is actually in the UK. No, that's right. And the, the mafias, they're, they're spread out all over the world. There's a lot of them. And it's not just the Italians that we talk about, which of is course. A, 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 a misconception. It's, it's so many different nationalities and so many different organized crime elements. They're, they're definitely massive in the UK. Um, when it comes to uh, parental abductions from the UK, it's, uh, it, it's quite a high profile thing because obviously we're a multicultural country multicultural country um, and a lot of relationships break down and then one parent will run away um, uh, to a foreign country. Um, so yeah, we, we do. Um, statistically, if you depend on who you look at the who you look at on the web on the internet uh, and what site that you look at, there's anywhere between 137 to 264,000 children reported missing every single year. Um, out of that, there's probably about 30% that I never found. And that's just for the UK. The United States works out as around 850,000 reported. Um, and outside of that, it's about 38% that I never found. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's too many. Yeah. That's Overall, many. worldwide, there's millions of children that go missing every year, which is why we need people to start understanding what we're doing. There's lots of reasons of why we're doing what we're doing. First of all, um, there's the um, law enforcement. So you've got the government policies. You've got the Hague Convention, um, you've got the courts for the family courts, and then obviously the international abduction courts. None of them are succeeding, they're broken systems. When it comes to funding the police, the police, when it comes to a parental abduction in itself, and it's not just a parental abduction, this is with missing children as well. The majority of the time, unless there's 100% hard evidence that that child is in danger, it will only be classed as a low or medium priority. And the police will only be working on that case for about 48 hours. And within that 48 hours, dependent on what leads they get, they will end up with a chain of phone calls waiting to be passed down the line. That, that's how the system works. So if you, and I, I encourage everybody to go to the police. Obviously I'm not against the police in any way. It's not their fault. It's the system that's what they're built into. But 
where I live, for example, if someone was to drive five minutes down the road and get caught on AMPR going into a different county, it's now that county's problem. So therefore, right. it becomes the phone calls all the way back and it's, 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 it's just a trail. That, that. Now imagine a lot of red it, tape. Yeah, a lot of red tape. And you go internationally, it's even worse because now you're dealing with foreign entities and then obviously their own jurisdictions within those foreign entities. So it becomes, it becomes a case that just sits there waiting for a phone call to happen. We're very different to that. Um, when a case comes our way, we chase it every single lead and we go every single place that it goes. It, it can get very expensive, which is why we try to raise, raise donations, which I'll talk about later. Yes. Well, we, we, we get to the point where it becomes very expensive in the aspect of having to travel abroad, but you've always got that person looking. And to date, we've been 100% successful in all cases. And I've, I've read up on you a little bit, Jay, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, read some testimonials from people read some some inserts from families who hired you and your crew on and honestly my heart was racing reading some of these things and reading some some parts of your book and just everything from what you already mentioned there's high-speed car chases there's guns there's you know mafia there's undercover you know life or death situations and it's like I was reading something out of a movie but this yeah. is real life and this is what you do for a living and the, the speed at which you work, because you're absolutely right. If we left it up and, you know, because of the red tapes, not, I'm sure many of them wish they could go quicker to the authorities, the governments or what have you, man, these things, it could be too late. Yeah. But the speed in which you have recovered some of these cases is just incredible because you don't stop. You no. work 24 hours a day if you have to, and you... You just do what you're trained to do. And that, that's basic concepts. We being, I, I find that being an ex-military operator, um, it, it, it drives in my, um, uh, it drives for me. It's on my side because we're able to push ourselves past the limits. I mean, I'm terrible for it because I'll push myself to the point where I'm actually physically starting to get ill from actually mm. working much. I mean, I've slept on the road and. Uh, on the side of the road just to continue that journey and then obviously saving money at the same time as well um time frames for our cases um in comparison to other companies um and i'm not going to say too much about other companies because i don't want to slag them off too much even though they're terrible <laughs> um but basically they will take month after month um uh, there's a lot of companies out there that rip families off so they'll take their money they'll sell themselves as special forces companies and then they don't actually go forward on the cases sometimes they do and they fail and then there's a very rare occasion that they actually succeed which is an overpriced case but the majority of the time they leave families financially unstable without getting their children back so we we, we try to stop that um when it comes to time frames, they're, they're, they're pushing out months. We can push out in hours to to weeks. Um, our average time for a case is probably about two weeks to actually find and recover a child. Um, the case that we took on last September was uh, a large security company was looking for a child that ran away from Switzerland. Um, it's quite a well-known company as well, so they got a lot of big assets that we don't have. Um, two weeks they was looking, we found him in three days and got him home. Um, we had a child that was groomed online to run away from home back in April. Um, within a two-hour period, we managed to get the address of the location of the groomer. We managed to get a full criminal history, uh, criminal profile um, from the age of 15 up until the age of 23, because he was 23 years old. We was able to get all of his social media accounts and build up a pattern of, uh, of everything that he's been doing, where he's been doing it, and how he's been doing it. Um, and then uh, we managed to get people doing a walk past on the door 
um, of his address where the girl was to be able to uh, to get her out of there. Within a two hour period before the police had asked questions to the mother, they hadn't even asked their initial question. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, this is gonna be a silly question, so forgive me, because now, you know, I only have movies to go by. You're the real life thing. I only have movies to go by. So forgive this ignorant question, but so have you ever had to rescue a child and actually like slip something over their head so that they don't know who you are or anything no. like that? No. Um, I, the, the thing is, um, a lot, a lot of the cases that we take on, there's going to, there's going to be cases which where we're going to have to, and we're fully prepared for it. We have all of our tactics in place and, and, and how we're going to do it. Um, there are going to be cases where we're going to have to go through doors in certain countries and certain, whether it be, um, a hostage situation or whether it be, um, a kidnap and ransom situation that that's definitely it's definitely in the pipeline. It's all planned for and everything like that. And we've got professional entities that work alongside us to be able to work on that. When it comes to a parental abduction, for example, it's not, I will never touch a child because then that's me kidnapping. Um, when we go for a parental abduction, yeah, so when we go for a parental abduction, we've got all of the legal documents on our side. So we will have a return order from the Hague Convention. We will have Interpol red notices out, Interpol amber notices out. Depending on the country that we're in, we might be able to utilize uh, local authorities on a very rare occasion because they very rarely help us anyway. Yeah. But when that parent will go in, then we will turn into a close protection team and then pull that parent out as safely as possible under the guidance of what we've planned already. Uh, and that's that's how it works because a lot of people mistake parental abductions as safe abductions. And you've got to understand it's so far from that. I've seen parental abductions get to the point where the parent who has kidnapped their children or child has actually committed harm or murdered themselves and the children just to get a power play mentally over the person that they've left behind. Um, and a lot of the cases that we deal with, there's always mental health issues involved. There's always psychological elements where a parent is trying to um, gain financially from that from that child being abducted. I've got a client that uh, his, he cannot see his children unless he pays money, and that's for a, face, a Facebook call. Um, uh, stuff like this. It's, there's always some sort of element of strength that they're trying to hold on to. Um, so you've got to understand it's never a safe abduction. People mistake it all the time, and the police definitely mistake it all the time. Wow. There's an insert that I read and I just love. And like I said, this is like, like a movie and people, you really need to go and get this book. And we will tell you how to do that in a few minutes here, but you really need to get this book. It is yeah. everything that your emotions can handle. And there's this part that I read and it says, every mission is another child returned to a loving home saved from abduction, abduction or worse. Then he slips back into the shadows ready for his next mission. I mean, that's just, it's like a book. Well, you did write a book, but that's why it's every emotion that you can think of this book has. And I'm asking you, I know that there's already a movie from way back when taken and there's others, but do you ever think of maybe putting this into a movie because it would sell? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been working with a company out in LA for the last three years and we oh. hope into pre-production in um in spring next year if it all goes to plan it was supposed to go into pre-production this year but um that was delayed due to covid would you play yourself or do you have somebody because i mean you could do it i've tried i've tried to ask <laughs> <laughs> i think it would be fantastic to do it but um they've got bigger plans i mean i think that the best person to play me would probably be charlie hunnam um and i would really like to see him uh take that on without a doubt that's awesome. I hope yeah. that goes through. Oh, I'm um, hoping. 
but I want to I want to talk about the book for a second and even more importantly and I do I want everybody to get the book and you'll you know tell us where we can get it and everything like this but there's something that really touched my heart and that is how you are really really seeking crowdfunding for these missions and the reason you're seeking crowdfunding is because this money how you're paid comes from the parents who are seeking to have their children back and it's not cheap you have to you have so much to think about that the parents they don't even have time to think about that they just want their child back going over state lines you know different countries the sometimes you use four different vehicles to to escape to be not you know if you're under surveillance yourself all these different things take money and the parent is responsible for that. And sometimes they have to put their entire life on the line to get their child back. And we would do that. So you're trying to avoid that. Your, your heart is really in this because yeah. you want it to be free to them. So explain to us, talk about this um, crowdfunding for a second so that I don't get it wrong for you. Yeah. Time after time, I've used my own money. So... From um, 2012 through to 2020 last year, July 2020 last year, um, I've been using my own money, which puts me into a situation where I have to go back to Afghanistan to actually get some more money to come back home to carry on with child abductions. Um, that, that's how it's been working presently because I, I, I cannot take money from parents. It kills me to do so. But there are cases where we have to. Um, only, only two weeks ago, I actually used all of my savings, the last of my entire savings and last of our donations, oh which put me into a difficult position in itself to actually locate a child um, that I've been missing for four years. And we did that in um, technically about a three day period it was. Um, that was only one day surveillance to confirm and then three days um, using specialists on the internet. Um, but outside of that, raising funds, what raising funds does, and the whole concept is, if we can get people to donate two pounds, population of the planet is currently 7.8 billion. If we can get 1 million people, which is less than 0.001% of the population to donate two pounds, that can get us at four to six cases per month, per year. Um, and that, that's the entire goal of what we're trying to achieve. The reason we're doing this is because, first of all, there's no financial pressure on the families, which means that anyone who has their children go missing can get their children back or has that chance of getting children back. And we'll always guarantee that somebody's looking for their children. Secondly, it's these families that are going out to these other companies and then getting ripped off by these other companies and they have no intentions of getting their children back. We can shut that down and stop that from happening anymore, which takes away the fraud out of the industry and creates the professional industry. The entire concept of what I want to do is create the people's company. It's the company that's going to support the entire planet for anyone that's having their children go missing. And as we grow, we're able to build up our networks worldwide. I mean, we've already got a massive worldwide network as it is, right. but we're able to grow it worldwide. And then we're able to learn about our enemies' uh, tactics, our enemies' ways of thinking, our enemies' ways of doing things. Um, and then we're able to move forward um, and, and know where children are very, very, very quickly. Right. That's amazing. So two pounds per person, what? Each time, monthly, weekly, daily. I mean, if we, I mean, if we could get it into a a monthly subscription, then that would be fantastic. But if you think about it logically, if we was to get a million people to donate two pounds a day, that's us one hundred percent operational. Currently, I've got eight cases that are sitting on my desk. Only two where we've got families are able to pay, which is terrible for them in the first place. But we're able to take that on and, and go forward because they do have the money. The rest we can't move any anymore forward on it. 
um, due to the fact we don't have funds. So if we was to get a million people to donate two pound, that gives us that gives us two to three years to raise the same amount of money again, and 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 that, that's all it would take. And there's no financial pressure on the families, no financial pressure on the company. One of the biggest problems that we have, and obviously no financial pressure on the donators. Um, one of the biggest problems that we do have when it comes to finances is that the lower the finances, the the more dangerous it becomes on the operations. Um, and that's not just for us, that's for the families. Sometimes families wanted to pay for a certain way because they can afford a certain way to be able to get the planning and preparation done. Then they want to take it on themselves, which I completely advise against yeah. um, because you don't have the professional elements there. But from one operator to be going out into a hostile area by himself with no support um, and we can't afford to get another operator on the ground, then that's obviously putting the entire operation in danger in a way because there are, there are elements that we have to mix around to make sure that the operation stays covered and and for my listeners i want to remind you you know it's not just children who are abducted from their parents who are going over to you know like he just mentioned sharia law and stuff like this it's also children who are being abducted to be married and wed off at such young ages it's also children who are being groomed and abducted to into the sex slavery um, many, many different things that we can't even imagine. So it's not just one culture of children. This is a global thing. This is global. So I want, I'm hoping we can expand our minds and not just think of one group of people. This is global. This is your children. This is my children. This is everybody's children that are unfortunately in these situations. This can happen to your child and my child. Yeah, absolutely. The child is walking down the road, the child can disappear, and then there's a million reasons why that child has disappeared. Um, it's not just parental abductions, without a doubt. There's there's a lot of nasty people out there, a lot of evil people out there that we go against. This isn't this isn't there's no way that this is safe by far. Um, I often compare it to the fact that I've worked in Iraq and Afghanistan and I know what it's like, I know what the systems are like. Um, considering that we're working in smaller entities and we have very little support, if not no support on operations, this is very dangerous in comparison to what I was doing in Iraq and Afghanistan. And that was actually fighting water. Wow. This well, is yeah. a situation. I, I, in Afghanistan and Iraq, when I was working, my wife would be waiting for a phone call. She's waiting not to get that phone call now because if she gets it, she doesn't get that text message or doesn't get that phone call. That's how dangerous it can be because it, our operators can just disappear at the drop of a hat. I say this because when I first got into the industry, there were two guys that were lifted by their target, in, and it's nothing to do with me. This is another company that sells themselves as being a special forces company, but not. Uh, <laughs> they got lifted by their target because they didn't know what they was doing. They didn't know how to do it. Um, they got tortured mm. um, for about a five-day period before being handed over to authorities. And this is in the North African country. And as far as I know, they're still out there to date in jail. Wow. They've literally done nothing apart from not be very good at what we do. Wow. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It puts it into perspective of how you put your life on the line to rescue children. Yeah. Like to save their life, you put your life on the line. It's yeah. incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. So where can people find you, reach out to you, find your book? Where can we get yeah. this? We got multiple social media platforms. Um, I'm getting quite good at TikTok lately. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would ever say in my Are entire you doing life. the dances? No, yeah. definitely not. <laughs> Um, but I've got a website, it's uh, www.pegasus-ops.com. Um, on that, there's links to everything. You've got the links to the news, newspaper articles, you've got links to the case files. 
Um, you've also got links to all social media platforms, which is down on the bottom of the website. And you've also got a link um, at the top of the page is a donate button. So um, that's the that takes you to the donation page. To buy the book, especially for international sales, we have a picture slider that goes across the top of the website. If you click the picture of the book, Angel in the Shadows, um, that will take you through to your international buying options. And that goes anywhere in the world. Outside of that, if you're in the UK um, and some parts of Europe, we're available on Amazon. Okay, and we will have that up on our site. We will have that everywhere for everybody to see, to click on, and so forth. So I really encourage everybody, buy the book. Part of the funding from the book, does that go to your operations? Yeah, absolutely. This is this is the whole idea why we did it. We're trying to get merchandise done at the moment, so we're looking into getting T-shirts and hoodies printed and things like this. And we're going to develop a whole array of, uh, of um, items to be able to put for sale. That goes towards funds as well. Um, the book itself, the profits from the book, once we've broken even on the actual, um, the amount of money that we've actually put into it for the print and everything like that, then those profits then go into um, donations as well. Plus it goes to getting the next book out to be able to push the next book out as well. And right. we've got more books planned for it. And then we'll see your movie on the big screen someday soon. Which would. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes to plan, definitely. But we do uh, we got a lot of a lot of things in the pipeline. We've got um, a possible documentary that we've got to make a promotion for at the moment. Um, there's a TV show that we're working on for UK TV in particular, um, which is about child reduction, child recovery. Nothing to do with the company specifically, but to get the, the actual word out there of what companies like mine are doing. Um, uh, we're pitching that. So then we've got the movie on top. Then we've got more books. There's there's a lot, and then obviously a lot of podcasts. Yeah. You got to get it out there. And I'm really grateful for you to get this out there. I'm grateful for what you do. This is, you know, like the name of your book, Angel in the Shadows. What you do is, is so foreign to most of us. Yeah. It is out in the shadows. It's so foreign that we, we rarely understand that these sorts of things are happening every day in the world. As we go about our daily life, getting our lattes and our $10 Starbucks coffee, and we just do our thing this is happening behind the scenes and it's not morbid and it's not like oh i don't want to think about negative things it's reality it's life it could be your child it could be my child and this is happening and we need to raise awareness because it's a dark world and Absolutely. we need somebody to put some light into it and that's what you're doing for years i kept very quiet about it um i was obviously working in the shadows back then um, you could walk past me on your normal daily routine and you would never even notice what was going on around you, but there'll be a full-blown operation getting planned. Um, I used to have clients and then the minute that they reunited with their families, that's when I would slip away and I would disappear and they'd never known anything real about me, never known anything true about me. Um, for years, I had my marketing team telling me, you have to put a face in front of the camera. And we discussed it multiple times and obviously operationally, it becomes very difficult to be able to do that um and then this year we just decided well let's go for it because i've got I've, I've got other operators now that i've trained up very well and they're very high speed so i'm quite happy to do that now that's amazing thank you so much thank you for what you do thank you for what you're doing thank you for training others to do what you do and you know one thing before we we, we head off i want to remind um well not remind i want to tell my listeners what it's a beautiful thing what you do with it's, it's the parent who always gets to go and, and rescue the child, right? It's always the child who gets to run into the parent's arms during the rescue the as much as you can. Yeah. That's beautiful. But that moment, if you can 
imagine that heartfelt moment when the parent gets to hold that child and everything is is worth it 100 that's that that's what makes the job that's what makes it good yes thank you thank you that i don't have anything else i wish i had more words but there's nothing that comes to me it's just thank you yeah i know it's it's definitely a difficult subject to talk about in the aspect of that not many people know about what it is yeah but, but people so, will yes so I want everybody again, I'm going to mention it, Angel in the Shadows, we'll have all the links, we'll have everything that you need to be able to go and purchase this, to go and look at his, his website, get some merchandise, and more importantly, what we really are striving for right now is the crowdfunding. Imagine yourself having to mortgage your house, everything, take your parents' money, take your friends' money, take everybody's money just to get your child back. Um, imagine not having to have that burden on your shoulders. And that's what Jay is trying to do. So crowdfunding resources, it's on his website. I'll have that up there as well. So if it is put into your heart to help this, I, I, I beg of you to do what you can. Okay, thank you. My listeners, thank you so much. Once again, as I always say, and it's heartfelt, I appreciate you for every week tuning in, listening. And as I always say, don't forget to share, like, subscribe, download, tweet, send a pigeon. Whatever it is that you do, make sure you tell everyone that they should be listening to This Is Your City. Be safe, stay well, and stay blessed.